Before we get started with today's show, check out our website for the podcast at www.mmbpodcast.com for the latest episodes. You can also like the show page on Facebook by searching at MMB Podcast. For more information on my business, Box of Care, check out our website, www.boxofcare.com. Or follow us on Instagram at Box of Care NOLA or Twitter at NOLA Box of Care. Thanks for listening and enjoy our latest episode. Welcome to Mind My Business, the podcast that gets you thinking about how to start, build, and grow a successful business from nothing. We walk through how to break down any barriers you may face and feature interviews from some of the best business owners of companies, large and small, providing insight on what it takes to get to the next step. Time to mind my business with your hosts, Jonathan Floyd, owner of Box of Care. Take it away. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Mind My Business, the show that puts your business on your mind. I am your host, as always, Jonathan Floyd, and I'm joined to get today by a another special guest, a person who I know from a previous lifetime that I worked with, who I know is doing major things. She's an incredibly hard worker, very smart, somebody I just genuinely enjoyed being around. I've got the owner of Henry Pord out in Houston. I've got Mishu Ula with me today. Mishu, how are you? Hey, Jonathan, I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself for the people who don't know you? Yeah, absolutely. So I am the owner of a mobile bar called Henry Ford. So we are a full beverage caterer. And um, it's similar to a concept like the food truck. But instead of a food truck, we are a cocktail truck. So our tagline is like a food truck, but with drinks. And so we provide a unique experience and a twist on the bartending world by offering handcrafted cocktails inspired by mixologists, but at the convenience of your own home. So we can pull up to where you are, whether that's your home or a venue and provide that bartending experience rather than you having to go out somewhere. Now, when I looked at the website, I was like, does this exist in New Orleans? And I'm not I'm still not even <laughs> sure if it does. But I'm like, that is the coolest idea. Um, and I, I've got a whole bunch of questions that I want to get into all that. But let's start at the beginning. So can you tell me the story about how Henry Ford got started? And then also the name, like, where did the name come from? Because that's a it's a very unique name, Henry Ford. Yeah, definitely. So I've always loved to host. Um, and host parties, whether it's like theme events from ghouls night or um, a friend's giving at my house. So I've always been that friend that likes to invite people to my home and make them drinks and food and whatnot. And I'm a very social person. I think you remember that from our previous <laughs> life. Um, so I love networking and I love making drinks at home. And I just love creating something for my friends and family that they, they enjoy. And um, I noticed that there were, you know, obviously before COVID, all of us were going out to, to a bar, or to a restaurant, and that's the main source of entertainment or getting together with people. Um, a few years ago, I got to think, cause I saw, um, one of these, you know, like an ice cream truck for a kid. And, and of course me being me, I saw and thought, well, wouldn't that be cool if it, if the margarita truck existed for people. And I think everyone probably had that thought <laughs> at some point in their lives. Well, unfortunately, that exact model is illegal. But um, 
I did go through the research and, and through a lot of in-depth studying to figure out a concept that would work um, and took my MBA, did my MBA with the Texas A&M University here a couple of years ago, graduated with that. And why Capstone, um, I did this with a partner at the time, was determining the feasibility of actually creating a model with that in mind. So it was inspired by the food trucks uh, in the industry, inspired by the ice cream trucks for the kids and, you know, just being an adult and entertaining and combining all of that into one to offering a a bartending service with a unique experience to be able to cater that to your home. So in 2019, we launched that business. Unfortunately, my partner is no longer with me. So I am a solo entrepreneur now and kind of running that through. But it's it's been a very interesting experience and very exciting because it's a unique concept to the U.S. Like, as you mentioned, you're not sure if there's one in NOLA, but there's definitely new to the U.S. Um, I think in Houston, we have one or two competitors, but just as a whole, it's quite popular in the UK and overseas, but a, a new concept here. So I'm really excited to to bring that concept here locally and, and seeing where it goes. So, um, but the name, so Henry Ford is actually a play on words. So you might be familiar with Henry Ford, yes. the first yeah. automobile maker. Okay. Yeah. So Henry Ford is just a play on names. It's hen- like Henry Ford, but Ford, like Ford a drink. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> and our I like, logo. I like actually... that. I like that. That's a good name. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so the name was actually the hardest part of brainstorming and finding a good name because, I mean, we wanted, usually you'd probably think of like, I think our first name that we were brainstorming was like the tipsy turtle or something silly like that. And, and once we got out to market and we were doing customer discovery, we realized that our target market would be interested, but they didn't want to be associated with hiring a brand with the name tipsy or drinking in it. Mm -hmm. So we were trying to find something crafty that um, was punny, but still somewhat professional. And so that's why we went with the, we finally came up with the name Henry Ford. Okay. I like that. I I really do. uh, um, It kind of makes sense now. Um, And then you've got like the, on your logo, you've got like, that's the model T I'm assuming. It is. Your, yes. Okay. All right. So our our mobile bar, just to get in, uh, into it a little bit more, it's a horse trailer that's been retrofitted and designed and the it, exterior is black, just like the original Model T. And we've got the logo on the front of it and inside it's all industrial looking. So we've got woods and Edison lights and and kind of a white backdrop. So it's very con- very um, industrial and fitting for these times, but also fitting for, um, you know, the times that the car was introduced or became popular here. Okay. Okay. And so that's a good segue to my next question. Cause you know, you talked about it. I talked about it, but I've not seen this in new Orleans. I mean, we typically do our drinking either at home, uh, on the street, uh, or in a bar. Um, now, I mean, you've been down here, so it's, you know, New Orleans is unique in that sense that we're we're a lot more laxed and loose when it comes to the to the drinking. But it's like a requirement for everything that we do. But <laughs> from a business standpoint, how hard was it to get like the licensing, the insurance, I guess, any other challenges that you face? Just because I would assume. So you said it's like a food truck, 
And I know with food trucks, there's so many laws and rules about when and where they can do certain things. Like, are you playing by those same rules or is a little, or is it a little bit different for you? Yeah. So it's unique in that we have to play by the rules of the food truck industry and our uh, liquor laws in Texas. And when you go to either one of those parties, they really can't wrap the concept around their brain. And so it's quite difficult um, to explain something that's never really been created before. Mm -hmm. So we are uh, absolutely playing with those rules. Like, so when I built up the truck, I had to go through the Houston health department and putting in my designs for my trailer before I even built it out and made sure that we input the right sinks, the right dimensions, the electrical, the right um, foot of lighting. And we we had all of our designs approved. I actually think I had to get it. I was rejected like two or three times before wow. I got it approved. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then on the liquor liability or the liquor standpoint, um, the there's a lot of rules with our TABC, the Texas Alcohol Beverage Commission. So Unless you have a brick and mortar, you are not able to sell liquor to the public. So how we are operating right now is we are a truck for private hire. Um, so if we are serving the public, there cannot be any alcohol. But for private hires, which is our bread and butter, you can hire us for events, gatherings, um, weddings, parties, corporate events events but a private hire for us then we can serve the alcohol the cocktails but the venue or the host just provides they have to purchase the liquor so we've got alcohol calculators to help calculate exactly how much that they will need according to what they want to serve and the benefit to the customer is that they get to take that home with them at the end of the day so i know that you've been married to jonathan and and you probably went through this but when you're working with a venue, sometimes you'll buy like the bartending service and then you can't actually take home all that liquor. Right. Some venues True. don't allow you to do that. Right. So that's one benefit in going this way. It's much cheaper than hosting that same party at a bar that will charge you significant markup and to achieve a cost, you know, profit margin. So this is a lot of a, uh, I guess a more cost-effective way into having that same experience, but it's a step up from trying to bartend, mix your own drinks at home if you don't know what you're doing, or or just don't want the hassle or you know struggle of, of trying to play host and bartender um, at your own party. Yeah, and that that's a good point because I think most of the events we have, typically like even family stuff, somebody will just jump behind the bar and do it, and that kind of takes them out of the picture for the whole night it's like now you're you're stuck in the corner or other people are making their own drinks and then it's just like a mess wherever they are it's like <laughs> ice and pineapple juice or whatever else so um you talked about it a little bit but the, the process from the beginning to the actual party so how does it work do people just go through the website do they just reach out to you i guess how, how does it from the you know if i'm interested or even want some sort of idea how much it would cost like how do you handle that with, with your potential customers? Yeah. So you can inquire on the website or you can send a DM on our Instagram page. I'm quite responsive on either front. We also have a Facebook page. Um, so you reach out and then we'll set up a event consultation over the phone. I'll get to learn more about you. I'll get to learn about your event and what you're wanting to serve, maybe what your favorite type of cocktails are. 
And again, the benefit for working with somebody like ourselves is we've got, we, we make handcrafted cocktails that are inspired by mixologists with years of experience. And we love creating cocktails off the cuff to match your theme. So for example, we recently had a mobile bar pop-up celebrating a restaurant um, four-year anniversary and they're a brunch cafe. And so we helped create cocktails that were brunch inspired. And we came up with like a really cute sangria idea with passion fruit and it was yellow because that matched their theme and their color. Um, so we we put that together. Um, we give you a few options so you can hire us for just wine and bar or, or sorry, wine and beer or just your standard cocktails or go above that that next step with some cool type of cocktails that you don't traditionally make at home. And then we'll just put together a price that fits you and your event. And we're very customizable. Um, so even though we don't offer the liquor, we do offer everything else from your cups, your napkins, your ice, your mixers. Um, all of that is included as well as our TABC certified bartenders and our general liquor liability insurance. So you talked about some of the drinks. Do you have a signature cocktail? Is there something that Henry Port makes, especially just for y'all? We do have a signature cocktail. So it's called La Patrona. And in Spanish, that translates to boss lady. Um, and it uses Tito's vodka and muddled cucumber and jalapeno. Mm. Mm. and some lime juice and it's all shaken and stirred with um, a splash of soda and stirred with a tahin rim and it's very refreshing in this texas heat that we got <laughs> that's how the, that drake like it sounds like texas when you said the jalapenos <laughs> and stuff i'm like that is uh that is definitely reminiscent to my time there but that actually sounds sounds pretty good so one thing i always ask people when i interview them is about their how and why. So I know you have a day job and I know you're incredibly busy with that, with that, but can you talk me through your schedule? Um, how you go about like working in the Henry port into what you do on a daily basis and then also your motivation. So, I mean, why do you push to make Henry port happen? And, and I can't make the assumption that one day you want to get out of your normal day job and do Henry port full time. But if that is, an aspiration for you, what kind of motivates you to chase that? Yeah, definitely. So working as a, a full-time job and, you know, having a family and, and also an entrepreneur, uh, trying to be an entrepreneur on this side are very difficult while trying to stay healthy and work out. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's been challenging, but I actually took a page from your book, Jonathan, one of the podcasts that you recently had was talking about scheduling. And you mentioned something about if you can dedicate one or two hours a day uh, in a month, by the end of the month, you would have dedicated two and a half weeks to your business. And I thought that was very insightful. So I've been a lot more intentional about planning my day like after work. So I try to focus on three things I want to achieve out of that day. And it, most of the time it work has my day job has to be one of them. The second thing might be cooking. And the third thing might be Henry Ford. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and I'll fluctuate that to make sure I'm carving out at least eight hours that week. Um, if I don't have any gigs on just the, the research the prep or marketing and, and my goal with 
um, Henry Port eventually, if I could get it to a stage where I can franchise it, that would be amazing. Right. You know, right now we're just, we have humble beginnings in Houston, but I could totally see it somewhere like maybe NOLA or some, somewhere else that craves that experience. Um, mm. So yeah, hopefully one day we'll get there. And, and I, I think you asked about my motivation, yeah, but I, yeah. So my dad was an entrepreneur and he came to this country from overseas with, with very little. And he grew a computer business from nothing to having employed at one stage of that life over 50 employees. And I thought that was quite remarkable. So I think the entrepreneur has always been in my blood. Um, so I just want to make something that I'm proud of that, you know, I don't, I can lean on myself. And during times like this, like this crazy COVID that we're going through, it's it's good to have kind of a side side hustle or something to look at, um, you know, alternatively in case your day job doesn't work out. Because I know many people, they were unfortunate victims of the low price of oil or the pandemic. Um, mm -hmm. And this has definitely allowed me to focus on something else that I can rely on over time um, and I'll have to rely on somebody else or work for the man. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I just want to go back to a few things that you said, just to kind of reiterate some of those points. The first thing was the scheduling you talked about. It's just like, I have to like hide in a corner in my house to do stuff, to be honest <laughs> with you, just because I mean, I've like, so, I mean, you know, my wife and she works nights as a nurse and like with the kids and I'm not trying to make it about me, but I'm just like, <laughs> Just the, the whole point of time, it's like, if you really want to do something, just like you're doing with Henry Port, it's like you have to make the time and like schedule it because if you don't, you will like get dragged all around. You know, it's 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 crazy because it just, mm -hmm. um, but like I said, if you if you do small increments and daily deposits and stuff, it will it will start to add up. Um, another thing you mentioned was your dad and and his entrepreneurship. And it's just like when you look at the generation before us, a lot of them were doing this. It just wasn't as glamorous but when you look back and you talk about 50 employees it's like i i would dream of getting to a point where i have 50 employees like that would be absolutely amazing and he did it in the age of no social media and no right. like none of that other crazy stuff so it's just it, it's good to hear that you've like kind of picked up that torch and and want to keep going forward because you know especially as a woman like you being able to get out there and be an inspiration for other people i think is amazing to transition to the next question you talked about covid um that's affected everybody every single industry like you talked about the price of gas to here in new orleans hospitality restaurants i mean schools where my kids were going a big part of what you do is going to events and that's obviously changed so how have you adjusted to the new life or norm with covid and from like a business owner standpoint I'm assuming that means more cleaning and more distancing even at the events that you go to right like all of that plays into that for you mm -hmm, exactly so even though we incorporated the business in 2019 we didn't fully launch until the beginning of covid wow. so i've not really known anything different <laughs> <laughs> but the good thing about that is i feel like i was given a fresh slate like a an equal playing field with my other competitors or other mobile bar owners in the industry um and kind of being able to lean on their knowledge during a time that they weren't very busy. I'm in groups and communities with them. And so any difficult questions I might come, I feel like I was able to use my resources more 
And I was able to take my time making sure I was doing everything correctly, you know, from the research and in the getting the health department signatures and approval from building the bar to, you know, making sure that I'm not illegally serving liquor. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's given me some breathing room to do everything the right way. And then in terms of hosting events, yeah, we, we've got custom masks that we have our TABC bartenders wear, and we keep a social distance of six feet. We've got hand sanitizer on deck. So we are 100% following all those protocols. But, you know, it has been a big hit, and it's unfortunate. But I'm just hoping that we will get back to some sense of normal. And hopefully, you know, this service offering is will, will be convenient for those who might not be ready to be in a throng of people at a bar, but still want to have that experience and have have it come to them. And so I think it might be a, a good time. And I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic and see the light at the end of the tunnel, but I'm very hopeful for the future. I think you make you make a good point about the stuff you're doing now, like all the work you're putting in, like taking this time to try to make a positive out of it. I just I, I love that approach being optimistic because so many people, um, even myself included, it's like when this first started from like a personal standpoint, so I couldn't couldn't physically go anywhere and meet people anymore. But like you sit in the house all day and it's just like, man, like you're watching TV and you're seeing stuff. And it's like, though, I know it's real and I'm not trying to doubt like I'm not downplaying it at all. Like it's a very real situation and and all of us have know of, know of somebody who's got who's gotten sick or whatever but like it could really affect your mental so just hearing that you like kind of push through that is is really great because you know some people didn't or can't or aren't able to you know what i mean but um um another thing you talked about was is and i i guess i i'll ask it and then i'll kind of explain what i mean here what role do you want henry poor to play for customers at this time. And and what I mean by that is I've interviewed somebody who's a CPA. Now, I started this podcast during COVID. So everybody business-wise has had the same thing going on, which I think has been a blessing and a curse. But I interviewed a CPA and they talked about how important money is to consider at this time and saving and doing that. I've interviewed two ladies who own a waxing bar in Shreveport and they talked about um, health and wellness and that the role that that plays for people and being able to get out of the house and just make them feel better. What kind of role do you want to play for your customers when they get you for an event and you pull up? What are you looking to deliver to them at a time like this? Yeah, it's a great question. So our mission statement is actually based on Ecclesiastes 8.15. And in that verse, it talks about having joy and there's nothing better for a person under the sun than to eat and drink and be glad. And I want Henry Poor to offer a priceless memory to folks who can look back and, you know, just see this as a, a good way, an opportunity to have with their friends and their family and not be not have any worries. Like you mentioned, it's been a very tough year. And and I want us to be able to bring joy, to bring a good time, and to take the stress away from people just for a brief fleeting moment. I know that, you know, I'm not curing cancer or anything like right. that, but but sometimes, you know, when you look back, memories that you've had with your friends or your family might be getting together for a football game and you you might not even realize, but that was one of the best moments of your life. And if I can create that type of opportunity for other people, that would make me very happy. So 
Um, it's just, you know, doing that and setting ourselves apart where we're not your, your normal or your average bartending um, service. We are a whole new experience. And I want to be able to bring that and, and just happiness to people, really. We're going to take a quick break. The Mind My Business podcast will return in 20 seconds. It's a, that's a great point that experiencing because it's so much bigger than than the drinks i mean like any time like you mentioned going out and doing stuff you don't remember the drinks you just remember how you felt i think that's that's so true and and i mean you're fortunate to be able to do that i think that's a that's a really good point so and i'm segueing to the next question but um obviously you're and people don't know you're a minority but you're a minority woman-owned mm-hmm. business and when i looked at it in terms of the people I've interviewed for the show, a lot have been woman-owned minority businesses. And I'm always impressed by the resilience and and I appreciate the perspective. And it was a theme for my show that I didn't even know I had. But as mm-hmm. a woman, what sort of advice do you offer for or do you think women should know in terms of wanting to get into entrepreneurship and um, even any challenges that they may face when trying to do that? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I think a lot of times women and just people in general, we might be fearful that the idea that we want to chase after is too big for us and we, or we don't know where to start or we don't have time for that. And to be honest, you mentioned this earlier in the call and you said you make time for what you want or what you need. And you just have to be intentional for setting apart time. But I would say just jump in with two feet, fail fast. You know, don't worry about failing. Um, you need to be able to just put yourself out there and reach out to people. So I've had a few different mentors in the my industry. Um, that's not just in mobile bar, right? It could be from a restaurant industry. It could be from the entertainment industry. It could be from catering. And I've reached out to different people to get their advice and their pick of what to do in certain situations. And I've been able to lean on different people to help me formulate my business plan. I've reached out to free resources. Like we have score here in Houston. I don't know if you guys have anything like that, but it's for small businesses. And I attend all the webinars that I can in between my lunch breaks and, and when I can after work. So I've, I'm very intentional. I'm trying to get as much as information as possible, but at the end of the day, you just got to have to go for it and just make the time for it. And you'll be surprised about, what you can accomplish when you set yourself that goal and and don't be afraid to do it and it's crazy in my experience you might find people that you don't know are actually a lot more helpful and will give offer you a helping hand faster than the people that are in your network so just don't be afraid of reaching out to people that's so true so i i was in a i was in a um it's called a cohort but an entrepreneurship thing called be the boss accelerator. So it was through this nonprofit called Fund 17 here in New Orleans. And you're so right about that. Like finding a mentor is good. And, and to me, the mentor thing is it's kind of tough because you have to ask somebody and, and and get their time. But I think you talked about score. I'm not exactly sure what score is, but I know there's a ton of resources here that people could use to 
grow their business. And I actually, I went to a webinar recently and there's like some Louisiana small business economic development thing. I have to like go through the application process to, to, it's not a, you don't become a contractor, but you get on some sort of list to get viewed by companies who need it. And I'm just like, Oh, I didn't even know this was here. And they talk about you could get marketing help, you could get help with, you know, ways to scale your business and all kinds of coaching and and mentorship and like that stuff is so critical. It really is. Like it it's good to hear you mention that because they they have that stuff here and it's there for people to use and we just don't think to really try to use it. Everybody like just tries to bootstrap all the time. So, oh, I think yeah. that's and a podcast too. Like I have Yeah. You could Google or not Google, that's not the right, but you can research right there in the Apple podcast, Instagram marketing strategies and listen to like three or four different podcasts back to back and get tips and advice. So you're right. It's just really tapping into different types of resources and not being afraid to use something that you're not used to or something you might think is like old school contacting, you know, uh, an organization for some <laughs> marketing material, but just try. So you mentioned, you know what, I didn't even think about the Instagram marketing thing on Apple podcast, but I mean, do you enjoy marketing? Like, is that something I'm just, and I'm just asking you, like, as somebody who's trying to build something too, how how do you feel about marketing? Oh gosh. (laughs) That's why why I asked. I just, you know, I just wanted to know. I'm not a marketing person. I'm not a creative person. I, I, it's, it takes a lot of effort for me to do it. I eventually, very quickly, when revenue starts coming in, I will outsource that. And I am 100% pro of outsourcing things you're not good at or you don't yeah. care for, or you don't have the time for. Um, so as soon as I get a, uh, an, my hit a goal of my revenue, I'm going to outsource that. But, you know, marketing is important and you've got to try in different ways because not everyone's going to listen to podcasts. Not everybody's going to click on pictures. You know, some people might like videos better. Um, so it's just different ways of getting your name out there. And it's a, it's one thing that you've got to try all the time. You can't just do it and then hope that sticks. You've got to try different Mm -hmm. ways and do it all the time. Um, so yeah, it's, it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. So I've got somebody, um, actually through that program I was in, I was able to like do some stuff with students at Tulane and I actually had a student from the group that helped me continue on with me and I pay her monthly and she does my marketing and and like, it just, it's such a relief. Um, Now I don't have like thousands and thousands of dollars to put into ads, but just like having somebody now I have to like provide pictures and strategy and stuff, but like to have somebody who like gets it and takes it and like, you know, turns it into something and is active, like takes a lot off my shoulders just because of what you said. Like, I mean, you have a full-time job. You can't sit up and like read, you know, respond to people and put stuff up all day. But it's like, if you don't do that, I mean, nobody else will, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you know, it's not like we're, you're not Amazon, you're not Walmart where <laughs> people are just going to advertise for you and say, Oh my God, look at this. I just got this from Amazon or whatever. Like nobody's going to do it. So it, it just kind of goes undone. But no, I, I kind of feel the same way about marketing. I, I have to like try to change my mindset to like be more positive. Like you were talking about earlier and like, don't look at it look at it as like some sort of roadblock or issue but like a challenge i need to win but even still it's like you know it's it's difficult but you just have to be consistent but it, anyway i could i could go on you know for for a long time about marketing but anyways just a couple questions left first thing is what does the future look like for henry ford is it brick and mortar do you want to open up a bar eventually or are you 
you talked about the franchising uh, model. Um, is that something you want to take a food truck to every in a food truck drink truck to every? I don't. Is it a drink truck? I don't. Yeah. Do you want to take a truck to every city? Is that what you're thinking of? And I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but have you thought about like cocktail mixes or doing like a Henry Ford brand drink thing? Or what? What's the future look like for you? Oh, I think you've given me some ideas there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so absolutely brick and mortar is not in my future. Uh, I think the trend, it when you study trends um, of people, one of the trends is increased off-premise consumption, increased convenience, and the food truck it food truck market is also supposed to continue increasing. And so I think all of that combination would make me steer away from ever creating a brick and mortar. So if you see me in two years with my own bar, call me out because <laughs> that is not one of my plans. Um, but yeah, if I could get different types of, you know, we've got the horse trailer and, and maybe have another offering that's a different style, a different look and expand to different cities that, you know, have the, interest and the need, I would absolutely look to franchise in the future if that's possible. So Jonathan, I might be hitting you up for New Orleans in a couple of years or next year. <laughs> absolutely. The thing about New Orleans compared to Houston, like I really loved living in Houston because like the people there were smart and I'm, I'm not, oh my God, here we go. I'm not saying New Orleans people are not smart because they are, but New Orleans is way more like buddies, family. Oh, I know that person. And now, oh yeah, your mama and all them, they live over there. And I know like that is New Orleans and Houston wasn't like that. So I'm like, if, if you brought that to New Orleans, first off, I would invest. I think it's a great idea. Um, but secondly, it would just be a matter of like connecting you to the folks who are in that industry and in, in, in the city. And then you'd like take off like a rocket, but you have to like play by that game in Houston. I feel like it's a little bit more merit-based and you're like, I build a good business here and all that. And I don't know if it's, cause I don't know if it's as much like that in Houston. I'm, I'm sure there's elements of that, but in New Orleans, it's like, God, who you know is going to get you so much further than your ability to do anything. And I know if anybody's mm -hmm. listening to this from New Orleans, they would know that to be like the truest thing I've ever said. Cause that's just, I mean, that's just how it is here. And that's kind of why I miss Houston. Cause I'm like, it, it to me, like with the culture, it was, it was a lot more mixed. It wasn't, um, New Orleans, we all like the same things here. It seems, you know, Jazz Fest and Mardi Gras and all that stuff. But Houston had a, a way bigger variety. See, I'm going off on the soapbox again. So <laughs> we're, I'm going to transition to the, to the last question. And I want to ask you if you could give yourself one piece of advice when you first started Henry Ford, what would it be? I would tell myself not to be so hard on myself when the progress isn't as fast as I wanted it to be. And then a second piece of advice would be to take the personal out of the business. And what I mean by that is in the beginning stages, I I mentioned to you, I had a partner and sometimes my progress on the business wouldn't be as fast because I didn't want to like step on his toes and I didn't want to do the wrong thing or have him like um, maybe think that I was going out of my boundary. But once I started to view the business as its own entity and ask myself, am I doing this for the best interest of the business? Then I started thinking in a whole new mindset and just taking the personal out of it um, made, once I did that, the 
business started seeing so much more progress so quick. Um, more progress maybe in the first in the that month or two months following it than it had seen in the whole year prior. So I would give myself those two pieces of advice. And I'm still giving that advice to myself about not not being upset with the the pace of progress. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, and I don't I don't think you should be. I mean, I think especially if you have a novel idea. I mean, there's there's a whole piece of what you're doing in terms of like market education where you're going to have to like even teach people like this is a thing, right? Is that something you or how are you like educating the market or I mean, is that something you've thought about or I mean, how how do you introduce this concept of like bringing a bar to a place? Yeah, no, that's a good question. I'm still finding my voice in the market education, but it, it's, you've got to kind of do it in different ways. You got to show them, you got to tell them, and you got to keep repeating it. You, it's mm. not enough to do it one way. And, you know, we get compared a lot to people. If they inquire about our services, they'll compare us to just bartenders. And that's not who we are. We we do have DKABC bartenders. And I, if you want, I could get a bartender. I could set up a table and a cloth and they can mix drinks for you. That's fine. But we are another tier of service. So it is a lot of educating the market. You're right about how we're different, why we're different, why go with Henry Ford versus your bartender down the street that can has all this stuff in a closet. Like I've got you know, storage space. I've got general liquor liability insurance. I'm not sure that that bartender has that. So it's it's a lot of educating the market, like you said, but it's through different forums, like through telling them and showing them and getting them to recognize our um, kind of the value that we offer. Mm. I have an, one more question. I, and I hate when people offer advice, but the the thought of like, you doing what you do with like TVs and all kinds of other stuff, like creating a, an experience around like, so maybe not doing food, but like, you know, somebody can rent things from you in addition to like just a mobile bar thing. Have you thought about that? Is that something you've considered to where like if I did have a football game at the house or a birthday party or something and I wanted to have like TVs with the football game on and, and all whatever else comes with that? Is that something that you eventually would consider doing? Yes, that's actually in the market two phase of the business plan. It is exactly okay. that. It's um, investing in cornhole. It's investing in different mm. like mm. blocks, like um, the big Jenga blocks and having the TVs, partnering with uh, a food truck. Maybe if you don't want to bring your own food or have a potluck, it's partnering with those guys to bring that whole experience to you. Um, and that's my market. It, it's going to be corporate. It's going to be parties, tailgates, that's where I want to add value and add the experience. And so, yeah, you're, you're one step ahead of me, but I will get there eventually. <laughs> you need to, I don't, I don't know if you, you looked into it, but Shark Tank, I think uh, it is definitely a space for what you're doing to go pitch on there, which I think would like be life-changing for you. Um, but um, if people are interested in learning more, what are the ways they could reach you, your, your socials, Instagram, Facebook, all that website? Yeah, so our website's going to be www.henrypoured.com. So it's Henry, H-E-N-R-Y, Poured, P-O-U-R-E-D.com, like poured a drink. And then Instagram, you can see our cocktails at, at Henry Poured and same thing on Facebook. So we're on all those three uh, or those two social media with the website. 
Awesome. So I've now put it on on record that if you do come to New Orleans, I am a, a uh, an investor in that okay. part of the business. So we're just going to go ahead and put that out. But Mishu, I really appreciate it. I, I enjoyed this conversation. Always great catching up with you, but I'm excited to see what you're doing. Like, it's just, I think it's, I think it's absolutely awesome. Oh, thank you, Jonathan, so much for having me. It was great speaking with you. No problem. Thanks again for listening. Please go back and check out previous episodes on our website, www.mmbpodcast.com. Also, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you found us. Remember, you can do what you want, but I will always mind my business. Bye-bye. This episode of the Mind My Business podcast is over. But be sure to subscribe, rate, and follow this podcast for interviews with business owners and more tips on how to start and make your own ventures incredibly successful. You can find Mind My Business on all major platforms or wherever you like to listen to your podcast. When it comes to your business, we want you to do what's best, but we will always mind our business.